BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Am I tripping? Mysteries of the universe. Organic UFOs. As above, so below. I'm feeling like a cloud so high. Floating around in the sky. They're all mushrooms. Join me now on this ride. Mushroom communication system. Kaleidoscope's blended with matrix, we're drifting through time. Before the earth was around, thoughts of a sentient mind. Creation's eluding destruction, the higher we climb. What tarnation? So high, so high. Floating mushroom. Welcome back to a... Oh, wait a minute. That's not the right show. This is Cryptus of the Corn and Kill the Mockingbirds Floating Mushroom. We tricked y'all. We tricked y'all. And normally Sean does that part anyway, so I'm sure y'all were like, wait a minute, why is Joel Thomas starting out like this? Yeah, no, so Floating Mushroom, episode two, guys. We're in the building. My partner, Sean Chris. We've got Justin, Jay. You guys know how we do it. We get all the pertinent information out up front. Go ahead, boys. You can follow us at Kill the Mockingbirds Podcast on Instagram. Sean Chris Music on Instagram. Van Tesla Music on Instagram. And go get that Telegram, Kill the Mockingbirds, and on all your podcast platforms. And Crib is the Corn. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all your podcast platforms. We have, you know, uh, Patreon, Patreon slash CribsTheCorn.com. Jay's our Telegram guy. (laughs) Yeah. I, we got like three posts on there. Yeah, you need to do better on that. It's been about uh, a year almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what am I forgetting? Anything? We do live shows. We do events. Like we're speakers at a couple of events this year. Find that stuff on the website, cryptidsacorn.com. Yeah. That's great. pretty straightforward. Yeah. Let's jump into this topic today. Woo! So what is the topic? So 
if anybody listened to episode one, they know that the topic is going to be about lizard people, reptilians. We talk about them consistently on all the shows. They just in, they just happen to show up all the time, and we thought we'd dedicate an entire episode where we talk about what we think they could be, what theories are out there, and just see how we can make sense of what this whole reptilian phenomenon has been over, oh, yeah. I mean, centuries, really. But we're going to start with Justin and Jay from Cryptos of the Corn, because we know we got the resident biologist here, the smartest guy in the room, and he's going to break it down to you on a very basic biological level to make it make sense to you guys. And then I'm coming in right in behind him. I'm going to get your butt cheeks tight with a lot of weirdness. So let's uh, right, so let's, uh, let's get it going, Justin. Komodo dragon. Uh, some of our, and that's the biggest living lizard. Megalania went extinct roughly, you know, 30,000 years ago, and they got 60 foot long, some estimates. Uh, but Komodo dragons can get 20 foot long, five, 600 pounds, and they can stand up on their hind legs and walk around. So if you've seen a eight or nine foot tall lizard walking at you, that would be very, very frightening. Yeah, pants crapping inducing but when we talk about reptilians at least you know more of even the cryptological or whatever type of reptilians they, they seem to be more humanoid reptilians that are skin wrapped you know these very you know textured things so i have four mm. quick little like cryptids from around the u.s and stuff u.s canada that really fit this bill of not being lizards standing up more being humanoid reptilian like creatures and the first one I have is the most famous one, probably on the planet. It's going to be the Lizard Man Skateboard Swamp. And this took place uh, June 29th, 1988, 2.30 a.m. Basically, this uh, young boy was coming home from, uh, he's working at a gas station. Uh, he's coming home, and he gets just, he almost hits this thing, and it attacks his car, and it rips up the whole bumper, and he makes it home. It's this whole big frightening ordeal. He tells his parents he's seen, like, Basically, an eight-foot-tall, hulking lizard-like man with a short little tail. This big crocodile, like like a mix between a crocodile and a pug-like face. And he's just three claws. And of course, they didn't believe him. They got to the car, and the whole front end in the car looks like it was chewed up by an alligator. So either he ran over an, an alligator and stayed on top of it for a while, or <laughs> something attacked him. But in that same area, at the same time, there was multiple other cars attacked, uh, and the weird thing is it was always focused on the front of the cars. And what some people think is that whatever this creature was, was trying to get at cats that were hiding in the front part of the car to get away from them. Uh, so they were like chewing on these metal and stuff mm. like that. And this is a very short version of this story. There's dozens of witnesses, but it was seen all over Skateboard Swamp. And there seems to be a common thread that these, at least these more cryptozoological reptilians are always seen around water in some way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the first one. That's the real famous one. Uh, several dozen eyewitnesses, stuff like that. My uh, let me ask you about this. I was Justin. just going to say my uh, oh, go ahead, dog Jack. chewed up my sister's car, the front bumper, trying to get into a squirrel that was in there. So that's what a lot of people think was happening with this thing. Was trying to get at cats or whatever. You know, cats mm. notoriously go Here. into the engine compartment. Here's a fun fact for you, though. Uh, when you were talking about Komodo dragons, I remember watching an Animal Planet where they were like the most dangerous pets <laughs> and some dude had two <laughs> two uh, Komodo dragons as his pets and uh, one day 
he didn't go to work for a week and uh they're like oh let's go check on him and they were eating him alive like well he was yeah. dead obviously but like why he was asleep they started eating oh. him. yeah they're not they're not pets <laughs> no no just uh if you thought so uh rethink you know man or hey live on the edge have you ever seen that guy that plays with komodo dragons he's got a it's not jay the prehistoric guy but it's it's one of the guys on instagram he has like a whole following dude he gets out there and plays with them He's like rubbing them down and like playing with them. It's wild to me, man, because I mean they can whip their tails and literally just like break your legs. If they I mean they are to. one of the few venomous <laughs> lizards on the planet. Uh, they they are very. It's weird. So Komodo dragons. Here's your biological science lesson. They have kind of a weird honor among reptiles. Uh, so when they go to pick a mate and stuff like that, like you'll see Komodo dragons all over each other and stuff like that. They don't really care too much when they're really close to the same size. But when they go to fight for a mate, they will stand up on their hind legs, they will lock hands, and just push each other. And whoever falls first, loses, he'll stand there and he'll let the winner scratch his back up and mark these big white scars on his back. And that big one, that one that lost, won't mate that season. The thing is, though, by the time next year rolls around, he's shed a couple times and those marks are now gone. Uh, so yeah, they do... In, I've seen like zoos that work really. Monitor lizards are incredibly smart creatures, really inquisitive. Uh, <clears throat> most environments, you know, they're always trying to figure out how to get prey and stuff like that. Smaller monitor lizards are really fun pets. The thing is, just Komodo dragons get real big, so when you get nipped, you know, you have more problems immediately when versus like having a savanna monitor or something like that. Right. So you think? So here's. One thing about the cryptid that you were talking about, and you think that maybe they come out of the lakes or, or they hang around lakes and they're more of this kind of reptilian. Do you think that maybe there's something similar to Komodo dragons, but more uh, bipedal uh, by nature at that point? Maybe some sort of, uh, you know, a true cryptid. And they've got this, um, you know, more animalistic instincts to them i, I think there's something there to human. that uh especially you know we talk about in the usc's giant cave systems and stuff like that i think these are probably a creature at least talking about these mm -hmm. type of reptilian uh much more maybe subterranean most of the right. time and that they happen to pop up around wetlands and stuff like that which break into limestone caverns so are they just the ones that get lucky enough they be near an opening and they get to come out and feed uh, you know, we talked about, I mean, there's dozens of cryptids that have supposedly came out of the mammoth cave system that people literally watch Snallygasters and Dover demons come out. Mm. So there could be a very old, complex ecosystem below our feet that every once in a while that one of these things get a spurt out. And I kind of think that's what a lot of these uh, more animalistic reptilians come from. Because, you know, people had seen the skateboard swamp creature. It wasn't intelligent. Right. You know, people describe Bigfoot can be very scary, but intelligent. Nobody was describing this thing as highly mm -hmm. intelligent. It was like a gator that was mad standing up. You know, it was wanting food, and it was going to get food. Any means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you, Justin. I, I've uh, That's what I kind of broke down, too. Ever since we kind of had that dis uh, discussion on the UFOs, you know, and... Uh, some being biological. I think it makes sense to like all these aspects of any cryptid or anything that's, 
kind of out there or paranormal-ish, that there's more than just, it's not like there's right. one, right? You know, there's not just like, hey, they're all from planet X or they're all from this planet or they're all draconian. They're all like, you know what I'm saying? Like there may be an aspect to that, but I think there is other parts and then people just mash it all together because yeah. we also don't know enough about the ocean. You know what I mean? Uh, is there caverns underneath? Is there places where like other creatures could live? Like there's so much that we don't know that it's possible for a lot of these so-called cryptids to be able to live or exist. We don't know what kind of, you know, uh, their existence, like they have gills, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and then, so the next one I have for you may even go into that thread right there that these reptilians, these more animalistic ones having gills and being subaquatic or something like that. Uh, mm. so let me pull it up. March 28th, 1959. Oh, uh, I, it's late and three young men, Dennis Preston, Wayne Armstrong, and Michael Lane. Despite the cold, they find themselves hanging out around the road near the Charles Mill Lake Reservoir here in Ohio, Mansfield, Ohio specifically. Suddenly from the water's edge, a seven-foot-tall nightmarish creature came out. It was on two legs, heavy webbed feet, glowing green eyes, and uh, it was it was very reptilian-like. It was almost like if a reptile and a fish had a baby, and this thing had frills on its neck <laughs> like gills. Uh, the boys obviously ran in a panic. However, it didn't seem like the creature was chasing them. They went to the police station. They came back. The police actually came back and found these giant webbed footmarks. So the official police report is these boys just happened to see. Keep in mind, this is March in Ohio. These boys happened to see a skin diver coming out of the lake covered in plants. Because <laughs> the police actually found evidence that they seen like they, they found these big web foot tracks. Yeah. So like, oh, that was, you know, those flippers from a diver. But wow. they said they didn't see arms. That was their explanation. Yeah, right. Is that like, you didn't see a lizard person, dude. It's just you a saw diver. a seven okay, foot gotcha. tall diver covered in weeds in March in Ohio. <laughs> Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone being outside, it might have been in the lake. Right. And Manf Mansfield's more towards the top of the state for all of our, uh, you know, international listeners and stuff like that. It gets cold. It's cold in March. It's sucky and cold. March is probably about the suckiest yeah, weather in Ohio. No, I'd say, oh, I mean, I'm in Michigan, but I would still say January, February, the suckiest. March is that like mixed bag where you're like one day yeah. it's like 30, 29, and then the next day it's like 54 to 60. You're like, and then you're hot because you have a sweatshirt on because you're like, in the morning it was like 10 degrees. What the hell's going on? <laughs> See, that's why it's the suckiest. You can't be prepared. Yeah, However, <laughs> I think this year it's it's been one of the warmest, uh, like January. Oh, it's because the apocalypse is starting yeah, for sure. I know Jay is ready to talk about that um, for sure. I see the look on his face right now. He's just got that. He's got that look, that apocalyptic look, like he's ready to let loose um, with all this knowledge <laughs> that he's pulling from the Smithsonian. So for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely ready to hear some of his thoughts on on this apocalypse. But yeah, it's warm. It's gonna That's be in the seventies this week in Ohio. This is nuts, man. I've never seen this, and I've lived in Ohio for I'm going on six years now, and we've had a, I've had a couple of warmer winters, but nothing like that. January, February is always super cold, even if it's you know not snowing a lot. But man, this mm -hmm. is nuts. I mean, I'm gonna be able to break out shorts this week, man. I'm pretty excited about that. Right. <laughs> Shorts in February. Yeah. To, to not go too much off the tangent, but yeah, I kind of think that's part of like them trying to like, I don't know, man, I got a little theory on that too. And same thing with the Ohio spill. 
I kind of feel like it's all like for climate change. So I, nah, I think man. it's population control. How you feel about that, Jay? I uh, I think it's all orchestrated. I I definitely don't think it's uh just a coincidence going on. There's some purpose. There's a purpose behind all of it, but. I could see the climate change angle. Like you got to push that message. You got to really make an, a disaster happen. So people get it burnt into their minds. Like we need to do something different. We, as people need to stop, like we need to eat bugs. You know, we have to do these things to save our planet or they're going to keep dera- or these trains are going to keep derailing and spilling all these nasty chemicals, even though the same people like corporations and stuff still going to use and do whatever they are going to do. See, I don't think it's, and this particular thing, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's, much more direct because we'll talk about it off air and stuff like that. But where it happened is very important for the country uh, with our water system and stuff like that. It has the ability. The, yeah, the Ohio yeah, River. Uh, Mississippi drainage. It has the ability to affect 60% of the U.S.'s drinking water. 60% of our of our population gets its main water from that drainage, that drainage system. And that means like Nestle and stuff can control water even more. Like they'll well, they'll have the if only there's drinking even water, water left. They'll have the only drinking water left, and then you have to buy it from them. I don't know. But there's your little train derailment sneak peek. Maybe a reptilian wrecked the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. The train hit a reptile. Exactly. I was about to say it ties right in. It ties right into what we're talking about today because everything can be blamed on these reptilians and not the ones that you're going into right now. Let's get it clear because I agree. I totally agree with Sean and and you guys. I think there's this biological element to it for sure, but I do think, and we'll get into this a little bit later on, there's this other element that's going on as well. So I... I think that I think you got a, a, a mixed bag, and I think that goes with everything. I think it goes to Bigfoot. I think it goes with a lot of these different cryptids that you see these highly intelligent ones um, that seem to be very manipulative and very involved with humanity. And I think that's when you start delving into this other end of it. Um, but yeah, keep going uh, with what you got going, Justin, because I, I love this. I love this stuff right here. Here's my third one. And keep in mind that the, the one I just did was the Charles Mill Lake monster. Uh, very reptile lake, almost this big frilled neck. Uh, very, very tall, muscular, big armor-plated scales. Well, almost the exact same creature was seen some years later in Canada in 1972 in August. Uh, the Victorian Daily Times reports that two local boys, Robin and Gordon, who claimed that they had been chased by a bipedal reptilian-like creature just days earlier after it emerged from the waters of the lake located in British Columbia, Canada. The beast was five foot tall, had silvery skin, webbed hands and feet. It had barbed fins on its head and the back of its legs and arms. Uh, the boy claimed that uh, they, or sorry, they found on its back and of its hands were like that of a hideous thing trying to grab them. So basically it jumps out of the water and is trying to grab these kids. Uh, the Royal Mounted Canadian Police who were so impressed with the sincerity of the young men, began a search for this terrifying creature. No traces were found, but great efforts were put into it. They actually started putting nets in the lake and stuff like that. Uh, the boys had a pretty, they had a pretty good reputation. It was not a very big town. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of weird. So they, I think, you know, they were going back, this in the 70s, frogman times. But they were literally trying to hunt down this thing, whether they thought it was some kind of exotic animal or 
you know, they believe that the, the, the kids were chased and almost grabbed by something. But that's why I think people get it wrong. You know, like they're just see the wrong descriptions because that kind of reminds me of uh, that uh, character from Hellboy Abe. Right. Like he can he's amphibious. Like I think people think everything's a lizard and it's probably could be categorized a lot differently. You know what I mean? If you really kind of look at it and see what they are. But everybody just goes lizard. You know what I mean? Like when probably more like something else. Yeah, the scales, I think, you know, people see these big scales, these dramatic things. And, you know, they like you're saying, they go right to reptile. They go right to lizard. And this 100%, I believe, if it went to grab these boys, it probably would have got them. Uh, and same with the previous account. You know, it walked right up to them until they took off uh, and didn't grab them. The, uh, the one that the guy almost hit, you know, tried to eat his car, but didn't eat him. But yeah, it's just weird that they are very, very similarly described. If you, I get little illustrations from Creepy Acres, and their illustrations are almost the exact same. I know you guys can't see, but it's just it's it's weird that they could be you know thousands of miles apart and be almost identically described. And if you see a lot of the other movies, like uh, what's that one? Uh, was it Lost Before Time? Like the dinosaur one, where like uh, they they recreated it too with Will Ferrell. Slee I'm not stacks. sure if it's Lost. The Slee Stacks. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those are still like, that's that ripped. It, it just kind of reminds you, and it's like, well, where'd you get these thoughts from? You know what I mean? Like, there's something that comes from that. Sean, you know better than to talk about dinosaurs on this show in front of Jay because, like, one, he doesn't believe them, and second, he's hiding what they really <laughs> are in the Smithsonian. So, a whole we lot got of that going on, too. There. What are you talking about? They're snorting them. <laughs> We'll just reconstruct them. <laughs> selling them on the black market. display for you. <laughs> so Appalachian Intelligence just had a guy on. I can't remember his name, but it was a great interview. But in the middle of it, he didn't believe dinosaurs were real. And I just texted Justin from Appalachian Intelligence. I'm like, I have a dinosaur bone. They are real. And I'm not listening to your show anymore. Just to screw with him. <laughs> Matter of fact, we were just on Appalachian Intelligence and Justin told us this. <laughs> did he? Oh, okay. he yeah, he I love did. I love those guys. I text them all the time, but it just was funny because it's that's Monday morning. You know, everybody's episodes come out, so I'm at work. It's like six a.m. and I'm like, no dinosaurs are real, and I just started texting Justin all bad. <laughs> but no, it's it's funny. I think they're real too, but don't get me started about what I think. They well, really I thought are. you were gonna jump in today like this, man. Giant lizards. Oh. Like I was waiting for the <laughs> giant lizards. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were gonna go. That's why I was. Like, I was even waiting to get us the little. Uh, I got the little mushroom sound effects going up too. You know, you got the, oh, the power up, man. You know what I mean? You know. What I mean? <laughs> you can't prepare to that next. So I was waiting for uh, Joel. I even got a sensor one for you because I. You said you're uh, pumped up, so I got the little. You know what I mean? So that way we could uh, you know, censor ourselves a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I knew you were fired up, so I was like, hey, let me get everything ready. <laughs> Jay, do you want to read this last one I got? Sure. It's the very bottom yeah, one. Yeah, these lizard people. Make you do something. Here we go. February 18th, 1996, in Sherman Oaks, California, a man identified only as Marcel and his friends are driving on 101 West Road, a highway that runs along the entire west coast um, of the contiguous United States. While driving through Sherman Oaks, part of Los Angeles, they suddenly noticed a creature running next to their car. A gray-colored beast has a short snout and a tail. It, its back seems scaly and has a row of shard, sharp spikes running down its length. 
Its eyes are bright red, teardrop shaped. Marcel describes it as looking in some ways as an upright bipedal goat. They attempt to avoid hitting the creature, causing the car to skid and leave the road. Seeing what just happened, two other vehicles pulled over. Once fully stopped, Marcel notices two other similar creatures running toward a bright light suddenly silently hovering over a nearby field. The incident is reported to the police, but to no avail. So this creature is very much like a Puerto Rican chupacabra, but a big one. You know, when we're talking about the the reptilian-like skin, but the kind of more snout, red glowing eyes, and the big spines running down its back. Uh, Once again, heavily armor-plated scales. All these stories, every eyewitness mentions these scales, these remarkable scales. And everybody at home, if you haven't seen most lizards, it's hard to see a lot of scales on a lot of lizards. Like, we talked about Komodo dragons earlier. You don't see, like, it. their scales are pretty small. You know, when you think of these big armor plates, you have to think more of like alligator, crocodile, where you can actually see the individual scoots being bigger and dramatic. Most reptiles have small, you know, ornate scales almost. Mm. I kind of have a hypothesis, though, of what all these things are. Oh, yeah? And I'll kind of tie into what all we're, we're all going to talk about here in a second. But like these reptilian races, you know, from the past that might be like humanoid and quote unquote intelligent creatures. You leave these things out in the woods for a few years and they just turn back into their they go prim- feral. primitive, dumb selves. You know, just these natural uh, instincts that they're living on. They're not that intelligent. They're, they try to pretend to be. They try to control, you know, us, humanity. But at the or end... Or the- are they intelligent, but like a homeless person, right? Like, you know how, like, once you lose contact with uh, human beings, you'll notice with homeless people. No, seriously. <laughs> when you see a homeless person on the street... <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing because I agree with you, but I'm like, I'm just Chilean, thinking about yeah. this. Well, they, like they're not communicating. In the woods. They're they not using like, conversation anymore. They're, they're, they, they lose that touch. So, like, you get, a homeless guy comes up. He's been on the street for 10 years, never talked to anybody. He's not going to approach you with, like, hey, how's it going? He's going to be like, rah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, hey. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why everybody gets all, they can't understand you. You're like, I think that has to do with it. Imagine, you know, you started over. You're not devolving, but you're revolving because now you have this new thing you have to adapt to. And that's what I kind of think, man. They're homeless lizard people, man. <laughs> They're homeless <laughs> lizard people. <laughs> but don't. No, I'm going to do a whole... In the eyes of an angel. You know, you're yeah. going to have to say... Right, any, you, you too can save a lizard person with just a dollar thirty-five a month. <laughs> that should be the first commercial for this podcast. Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background, oh, that'd having be great. a big reptile sit in the corner in the rain. <laughs> and just have Jay come out in his tinfoil hat, saying, "You three cents a day, you can feed this lizard person a live rat." <laughs> There you go. That would t-shirt. be funny. Yeah, t-shirt. T-shirt. Pair. If you're listening to this, make that. All right, I'll pay you. <laughs> no, but yeah, so these guys are all weird. This one I picked uh, because it has almost a UFO angle to it also. You know, they seem to be running towards this floating light. Uh, and that's kind of a weird thing. Uh, multiple, not even reptilians, multiple different cryptids across the range seem to have been seen going towards these lights, like uh, the Milford Shrooms. They were going towards the light, but, and is this more of an interdimensional animalistic thing to where that's like the door open back up? Okay. I can get back to where I'm supposed to be. Is this the, you know, alien thing? Is this the interdimensional intelligent creature thing? You know, it's all these odd angles. But I think a lot of these type of reptilians 
are from here. We had Lyle Blackburn on the show a couple months ago, and he told us uh, a story he's never shared before mm-hmm. with the Texas Gator Man, where he had a witness literally see an alligator, look like an alligator, everything, and then it stood up and started walking away. And yeah, and he's like, it freaked him out. Like, there's a lot of alligators in that part of Texas, it's like Texarkana area. I don't know any of that learn to walk on their back legs. And- no, uh, I've never seen it. I've kicked a lot of alligators on accident. Never seen them stand up and look at you. Uh, it's that feral reptilian. Yeah, but then there's that whole angle that maybe the... So let's say Earth's hollow and stuff like that. Or at least what I kind of believe when I say hollow Earth, you know, these vast cavern systems. And I mean vast, but maybe not the whole planet being hollow. What if some dinosaurs did survive their mass extinction event and continued to adapt and evolve over time? Uh, Truodons were right at the end of the right at the end right before the extinction event. Highly intelligent little animals. They were not very big raptors. They had gigantic brains. We think they were probably as smart as most of our smartest birds today. You know, very good problem solving. You know, cognitive ability, communication. So, what if this is what happens when they go underground and get to continue? And they, the humanoid shape just happens to be convergent evolution to where, you know, it just happens to be the body plan that works really good. Dinosaurs are already kind of halfway there when you really think about their body plan, most of the, you know, the theropods. But that's my spiel. Yeah, no, I, I really like a lot of the biological cryptids when it comes to the reptilians, because I think that's something we don't talk about enough is just the just that aspect of it because i feel like in the ecosphere like you've got a lot of different things and sometimes you can see one thing and think it's something and it's actually something else too uh something you and i talked about before justin you know people that have never seen a bear and if they were driving uh, say through you know Washington State or something through a very forested area, and they just happen to have a quick glance at a bear standing up on its hind legs or something like that. They might assume that it's Bigfoot. They might assume that some of these other creatures that are out there are something that's a cryptid because it's something they've never seen before. And I think sometimes we get that happening too, especially with like you said, Komodo dragon. If it got up on its hind legs and it was seven feet tall. I mean, the average person wouldn't know that, and they'd freak out. I mean, I'd freak out anyway because I know. Yeah, you know, right away you'd be legs, man. I'm able to tell what's going on. But, <laughs> but what about like I think the real point that uh, you forgot is our new campaign is that we do got to save these uh, homeless lizard people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that this is a cause that the floating mushroom cats can get behind, man. And, and if we could all just chip in, chip in together, you know what I'm saying? We could do it. We could do it. These guys, it's not easy being a homeless lizard person. Uh, uh, and I'll get off my soapbox, but you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I need that as a sound bit. I think they need help, though, too. I, I, I found my cause. You got they need you help, got Sean. the save really you know save the gingers. I mean, you know Juan's got the homunculus. I think this is my spiel right here. You know the homeless lizard people. Like that is my thing. I'm gonna go on change.org and I'm gonna make my own. Because if nobody else is gonna do something for them, I will. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will. <laughs> Absolutely, and I totally agree with you. I mean, think about it. It's just like our homeless veterans here in the United States. Man, they've been through a lot of war. I mean, centuries, centuries, you know what I mean? (laughs) Galactic wars. 
and they're just lost right now, and they're running towards <laughs> cars with headlights because they got cats they're at, they're inside of them. PTSD. I mean, they're at that PTSD, point. They're man, at the bottom like... of the road. <laughs> Attacking cars. Oh. They're not sure what it is, you know. They, they there was a lot of galactical wars that you know they've been in, and no one's taking care of them. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we move on to some more of the extra stuff, have, uh, have you guys you've done or at least looked into like the Travis Walton encounter and stuff like that? Mm, okay, I so have not. so you know Travis Walton fire in the sky. He's that guy. Uh, the reptile, the reptilians he come in contact with on the spaceship, where he, what he described him as literally three big Komodo dragons standing on their hind legs, walking towards him in the hallway, and that's just something you know. Travis, Travis, and all those guys have passed hundreds of lie detector tests. You know all this stuff. It's ruined a couple of the guys' lives, and they've never changed their story. Class mm-hmm. uh, even offered to pay the one guy like a hundred thousand dollars to go back, and he wouldn't go back on his story. Uh, so that just always makes me think that is that more of a disguise or is it some more of our projections of what they are or is it like what we were kind of talking about that he just didn't have any other way to describe them or his brain had never seen it. So it just the best way it could do is that that's a big Komodo dragon walking at me. Yeah. Just something weird. I just has always been a weird thing for me with Travis Walton about it because I think I believe a lot of his encounter so, but that's a weird thing for, you know, it being on a spaceship and not being the classic, what we're about to talk about, you know, the classic spaceship reptilians versus literally what he described, big lizards walking at him. But whatever you see, too, it's like if you don't have a reference, it's hard. Like, yeah, we I could probably go see some stuff that you've, you know, fish you've seen and you're like, well, that's normal. And to me, I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's just the fish from The Simpsons is three eyes. And you're like, oh, man, it's supposed to look like that's like gill right there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's going to I'm, I'm going to project all the thoughts I have. And it's not always the right one. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's coming from East. He's coming from East Palestine. I was going to say yeah. from the Ohio Iowa. River. Yeah. It's a homeless fish. He's been in a lot of fish wars. By the way, Joel, That's don't drink, any, don't drink the tap water. <laughs> okay, just, I'm just making sure because it's down there right now. Sat- the lizard people are infecting everything right now. I don't mm-hmm. anyway, man. I've got a filter that I filter everything through. Man, I don't, I don't mess with that fluoride anyway. Yeah. I'm a I'm a fluoride freak, so I uh, I filter everything out anyway. So yeah, I do know about that for sure, man. Because <clears throat> yeah, and sadly enough, any fish that's coming out of there ain't coming out alive. I can tell you that much right now. So oh no, no. there's hundreds of thousands. I, my buddy uh, Enviro Science is the company down there, and my buddy works for him. And he already sent us pictures of piles, hundreds of thousands of fish already dead. Chickens. Oh, that's the big thing is chickens are dying all the way up and down the Ohio River. Why birds die first uh, when you start giving them tap water and stuff like that, why they die first is they accumulate dangerous compounds faster. So when they start dying, it doesn't mean that everything else is safe. Ooh, the canary in the coal mine. They, they, literally, birds are really good for it. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, you know, we raise quail and stuff like that, but they can, uh, chlorine, or chlorine is really dangerous to them because they accumulate it faster. You know, us mammals are easier we're a lot better at removing that from the water we drank. Like you can give tap water to a cow normally and you know, they're not gonna have any problems their whole life. You give it to a quail and they die, you know, an hour later because they just can't process the chemical faster. But it's happening all the way up and down the Ohio River right now, all these backyard farmers. What do you do with your animals? I treat my water. I have a little chemical I add in. 
But yeah, it just it's actually a sulfur that I add. <laughs> nice. Farmer well, Justin for just trying to get the answers. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll start uh, moving this conversation a little bit my way now and get kind of crazy. But uh, I do want to say, as we're shifting over, I've got about three different, actually four different kinds of reptilian that we're going to kind of break down. One of them you already broke down, so we don't really need to do that. So the cryptids, I call them like the cryptid reptilians. These are your biological-based ones. I don't think that these guys are tied in with where we're going to go when we're talking interdimensionally, unless they come from this interdimensional world and they just happen to be like just some creature there. So we, I know we talk about Bigfoot and Mothman and, you know, some of these other cryptids as being that. And that's a possibility too. But really the main ones I'm going to focus on today, um, uh, the first one is the uh, fallen angel kind. I think fallen angels uh, can shape shift and I think that they can take on different physical characteristics and maybe that's kind of what uh is seen sometimes on these spaceships these are the ones that take on these characteristics um i also think there's a demonic kind i think those kind though they tie into this david david eichish kind that he talks about with the hybrids um and i'm going to get into that too and then lastly I want to talk about the Nephilim kind, and these are the true hybrids. These are the ones that are actually created as spawns from fallen angels mating with a reptilian form or some sort of DNA splicing of reptilians. So I do think that there is four kinds. Just in my mind, I mean, there could be more. But to me, as I've done a lot of deep dives on what reptilians could be, and when you start tying into these bloodlines, which we'll get into the bloodlines today too, um, and where they may come from in these bloodlines, because... One thing about the bloodlines, the 13 bloodlines, people like to talk about 13 bloodlines. I don't know if it's 13 or not necessarily. It could be more um, because I've seen different versions of the 13 bloodlines and they have different names. So like you've got some that are your mainstays that are in that 13 and then some that kind of shift in and out. I don't think we really know some of the names that are in these bloodlines because I think that these true elite families, we don't even know their names, man. They don't have social security numbers. They exist in a different sphere than we do. The world is their uh, operational land. It's not, they're not stuck to a country. It doesn't operate that way. Uh, but I do think some of the names in these bloodlines for sure, and there's one in particular that I believe that the reptilians are tied in with, um, especially when it comes to the Nephilim kind, because I think that the bloodlines are protecting the bloodlines of the gods. And I think this is why they think, and I've said this a lot on, on our show, I think this is why the elites feel like they're better than us. It's not because they have more money, they have more power. That's just a byproduct of them believing that they have this bloodline of the gods, this uh, Isis gene, as they like to call it, which if you know anything about Isis, she was one of the top tier goddesses in uh, Egyptian culture, uh, in the Greco-Roman world. So it's all part of like the Osiris myths and all that. So, but the Isis gene, and that ties into also like Tiamat, which comes from like your... Uh, She's like the goddess of the sea. This this also ties into Sumerian stuff. So when we really start tying in reptilians, reptilians, uh, the idea of reptilians kind of came from this Sumerian uh, god structure. Because when you start talking about the Anu, 
Ananu or the Anunnaki, um, which I think are two different things. I think people try to say they're the same. The Anunnu are actually the ones that created the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki are actually what we would consider Nephilim or giants. They would also be considered gods, too, because they come from a line of gods, and they were just stronger, faster, bigger than everybody else. So, yeah, demigods, gods, people would assume that they would be gods as well. I think uh, um, I'm going to have to get a, a sound effect for you, man, because I'm going to be like, every time you tie in Fallen Angels, we're going to have to have like a, you know what I mean? Like, we're, gonna ha- I, I, we're not there yet, but I was like, he's got it. He's on the Fallen Angels. I knew it. But I, I like that. I, I do agree, too, with a lot of what you're saying. You know, like, there's this aspect of, because it's either Fallen Angels or Aliens, and you could say it either way. And if, I'm cool with either way, because obviously they're kind of the same things. You know what I mean? So when I hear... Aliens now, I'm always constantly hearing Joel, all they nebulum! Like, my ear, like, no matter what anybody says, aliens. <laughs> so, all listeners at home, start a drinking game unless you're at work, or even if you're at work, I'm not your boss. Uh, every time Joel says Nephilim, take a shot. <laughs> or, fa- or Fallen, fallen angels, angels is two shots. Two shots two for shots. Fallen Angels. <laughs> Nephilim is one shot. I'm going to re-listen to this and get hammered. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> No, for sure. So I do want to talk about just the basic level of what people think um, the reptilians are. Um, And then we're going to spawn off into some ideas that I have and then ideas that you guys may spawn off of, too, as well. Um, But we're just going to kind of give like the, you know, the the company line, um, the Ikish uh, line uh, that maybe people are used to hearing or maybe some people that are listening to the show don't know. so one of the ideas is they're, they're, they're an alien species that came to Earth. And this is during like the ancient Sumerian times. There's not any documentation of the, in the Sumerian writings as far as them considering them reptilians. Um, what they say, though, is they came in as the an, 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 Anana, came from the sky, and then they settled on Earth. And then they say that the gods were referred to as the Anunnaki. This is what the Anana or Ananu created uh, when they when they got here. The reason why they associate them with the reptilians was because of all this reptile worship that was going on in Sumeria. So a lot of these gods had very reptilian features, even the gods that they they created in these stone tablets, these uh, structures that they did, this was a very reptilian thing. That's not unusual, and it seems very reasonable to think anytime you start looking at a lot of these cultures, when they worship these pantheon of gods, this polytheistic viewpoint, they tend to be very reptilian, they tend to be very serpentine. That also ties into fallen angels for me when you start looking at the seraphim because the seraphim had very uh, reptilian or snake-like attributes, which if you know anything about what the seraphim were, they were like the elitist fallen angels. And I say fallen angels because we're tying them into the gods, but just angels in general, they were the elitist. They were like the closest to God. You had them and then you had the cherubim, which were right underneath. Um, but the seraph or the seraphim, were very uh, reptilian or serpentine in nature. So that's where you get a lot of this. Just imagine like a fallen angel was revealing himself to a human being and it had this serpentine, these serpentine features. That's what you're going to put on your monoliths. That's what you're going to put in your hieroglyphs. You're going to put what you see um, on these. Now, if you notice in like Egyptian culture, 
they have a lot of these like giant men that are like the the pharaohs or whatever that are standing above everyone else. Now those would be more of your giants or your nephilim. Those would be more in that category. Still considered gods, but they're of the bloodline. <clears throat> so I think that when you're talking about reptilians, I think people get confused about reptilians are the 13 bloodlines or they are the bloodlines. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Now, if you're saying that these gods looked serpentine and they mated with human females to create this bloodline, then yeah, I can get down with that. But I don't think that's necessarily what the reptilians, these type of reptilians are. I think this is literally the bloodlines of the gods. This is the Isis gene. This is, uh, uh, comes from, uh, the divine, they call it the spark of the divine, um, the thousand points of light like the occultists always try to get to. Um, and it also is called the fairy gene. So interesting enough, the fairy gene um, in Nephilim culture, there's two different branches off. There's a patriarchal or the dragon's court, and then you've got the matriarchal, this fairy bloodline. This is where the reptilians come from is this fairy bloodline because when you're looking at the hierarchy of structure in the fairy bloodline, they're actually at the top. They're like the uh, – they're right a tier under the giants. Um, so th they have the ability to shapeshift much like their fathers. Um, and they even say that some Nephilim had the ability to shapeshift as well because they were very close to this bloodline. And that's why that the reptilians have this shapeshifting nature about them is because they come from um, this fairy gene. And this ties into when we start talking about the 13 bloodlines, we start talking about like the Merovingians and the Merovingians are really where this actual piece of that comes from i think the reptilian part because you got many bloodlines that they say like the lee bloodline the onassis bloodline um the pazors which we'll only say one time on the show because that gets people banned a lot um you got the rothschilds typical yeah rockefellers uh you know the astro bloodline you got a lot of these the duponts again these could be interchangeable because i've seen different versions of the 13 bloodlines but i know the merovingians pop up a lot and when i tie back to the fairy gene the fairy bloodline part of it which even the tuatha de Danann, the giants in irish culture are part of this fairy bloodline so it's really interesting how that the merovingians are really tied into this <coughs> bloodline because I think that's where people get this idea of the reptilians are the bloodline. Um, I don't think that's the case, though. I think they are, a, like, if you're looking at the Nephilim piece of it, I think they are literally created um, as some sort of DNA-spliced version of reptilians and fallen angels. And that's why they kind of have these features. These are your super highly intelligent, interdimensional guys that can move around. That's just one uh, of the ones that we're going to talk about today, but I think that that's probably your, those are the dudes, right? Those are the guys. I think they're also the guys that have underground, your underground quote unquote layers. And maybe that's where your, uh, as Sean says, the uh, homeless one spawn off from is this cryptid version of fallen angel, uh, the Nephilim kind for sure.
Well, there's also that theory, and I agree with you. That's like the company line. Like, well, the truther conspiracy company line of kind of like what reptilians are. Then you could go all the way. Like I said, like when you say uh, fallen angels, aliens, kind of hand in hand. Um, depending on how you look at it or what you think or what you call it. But I think I, I thought an interesting thing that people said too was like that they said that maybe David Icke is just a genius, you know, because that he's not really talking about reptilians, but he uses that as like an extreme mark to where like people are like, oh, he's just that's you know, that can't be true. So he could say crazy stuff about some powerful people. It could be. Um, there's very interesting stuff about Ike that go around, and I have def- different differing theories on Ike. Though I think he's, I think he puts a lot of truth out there for sure. Uh, some people think he's controlled op too, so I think there's some level of you got to keep your eyes open there too. But I think he puts a lot of truth out there for sure, and maybe that I like what you said there. Yeah, but remember when he said he was? Remember he said he was Jesus. Remember he said he was the Son of God, the return. He had a whole thing about that. People tend to forget he got all pissed off on um uh Patrick Dave uh David Beck's like show a long time ago where he was gonna walk off because he brought that up. He's also like, remember you were saying you're Jesus? Like, what's up with that? And he's like, Oh, he got so mad. So I, I kind of see some of that. It's hard to like I I you know, he's like Alex Jones, like, yeah, I don't think you shouldn't listen to him, but I'm sure there's some truth in there, but also I don't know where he's guiding us, right? Like I think he's part of the reason why, just like some of the people that research on uh, Sasquatch and stuff, is where they only want to have one angle, one story. This is exactly what it is. When we know just from living life, there's always multitudes of answers, right? Just like when two people are arguing, it's not the one. Each person's going to make themselves look good. We know that there's a middle story. So it, it goes with all of this stuff. They're, they have some of the information. That's why I think all of us like are leaning the right way. I, don't, I think there could be more than four. There could be like five, six, seven different types, different species that have spawned off over time, you know, like with different intelligent rates and all that. But I think we just get held in a box either way. Like, you know, like it's either a cryptid or no, 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 it's from another planet and they're shape-shifting and they control everything. I think like it's more in that middle area. Like I think it's like these cryptids and some have evolved and I think they come from a lot of places just like I say a lot. Like you're talking about from portals, uh, some that just like were born here because those came from other planets or like interdimensional beings. Then there's also the aspect of the government saw that, those things and they probably try to make those too. That's how I kind of think of Bigfoot, right? They're like, hey, man, that'd be a great idea to have a bunch of these lizards, man. Like, you know, like, you know what? We CRISPR. can make those. Really? Yeah, just come on in. You know what I mean? Like a lizard army, huh? And they're like, hmm, lizard army sounds pretty good, don't you think? You know, because and then they cause someone's always going to be like, <laughs> Lizard king. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to be the lizard king. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't. That's what everybody's dream is. <laughs> you have a lizard king. Well, Joy, you touched on all that stuff, like those ancient cultures that you know have that, and you said like their pantheon or things like that. Uh, they always have like a serpent or you know a reptilian type of god or whatever. And I have some written down, like the Aztec culture. You know, they had the Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent. Um, in Northman's mythology, the Jorgenmander, the world serpent that uh, mm-hmm. fights with Thor, uh, just all these different cultures that have serpent reference, serpent references in it. Um, and then like Hindu culture, which is one of our oldest, you know, on our planet, uh, they have the Naga and the Naga were half like reptilian humanoid kind of creatures that Brahma uh, sent to the nether realm or under, you know, underground, he banished them there because there was too populous on the earth. And then my favorite one, uh, 
is the Aborigine culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in the National Park in Australia, the Kakadu National Park. Um, there's paintings of the rainbow serpent there that they depicted. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, that's where it stopped after creating the earth. It stopped there and they, they witnessed it and, you know, made paintings of it. So, I mean, why do all these different cultures from all around the world always reference, have some sort of reference to a serpent or, you know, reptilian type of creature? Fallen angels, that's why. Because I think (laughs) that why, here's the thing, I believe all of these cultures have these gods. And I've said this for a Mm -hmm. long time. And people know that listen to me that I'm a Christian. And I think that there's a reason why these serpentine figures are always in high levels in these different cultures, in these different religions. They're always there. It it Mm -hmm. never fails. And that's the one thing that nobody can say to me when they were like, well, there's no true religion. And I agree. I hate religion. I think religion is garbage truck juice. But when you start digging into all of these different religions, there's just this serpentine thing that's at the forefront of most of them. And I think that's something you got to be very leery and wary of if you're talking about something that's serpentine that created the earth. Because there's right. a, there's an agenda behind it at that point. Um, and I, I agree, Jay. I, I, I've seen a lot of that stuff. And I think it's very interesting. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, too, is this uh, David Icke version. He talks about the hybrids. And I know you guys have all probably heard his version where he talks about that certain people have bloodlines that are compatible with these reptilians and they can merge, right? Mm. I don't think he's all the way wrong there. I think this is where you're going to get people that have this ISIS gene, this gene of the gods, that Nephilim bodies that died out, which have created these demonic entities, can merge with easier. And I think if people are susceptible to these entities, when they do merge, maybe they do create some sort of reptilian hybrid version. I'm not saying their whole bodies just morph over. I just think they may have certain things, eye features or or tongue features or whatever else. That was something that really struck me, too. And crazy enough, Sean... <laughs> predominantly the people that can merge Uh-oh. have true red or reddish hair and they have green or blue eyes we're back at that again <laughs> yeah, sure. we're back at the gingers and then he was like wait a second is that true? true like hold on the true man <laughs> we are the original man <laughs> We are the. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're Achilles too. He was like, no. Your genes are more. We have the blood of the change. gods. That was a good one. Oh, Craig, your genes are just weaker. That's why they can be hijacked. Genes are weaker. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I thought it was like hilarious a, because God. I swear, man. Anytime I'm digging, it's always redheaded. Even the Nephilim, like the Nephilim bloodlines, they're all like red, like the the top tier ones are all redheaded, all have like blue eyes, pale skin, and I'm like, there's something to it. There had definitely something to it. I just gotta watch my back, man. They'll be trying to hijack me soon enough. <laughs> well, the crazy thing too is like you know, there's more like we know a lot of us talk about Ike, but that guy Maurice Dorel, he wrote a, a, like a book. Uh, I think what was the book called? Mysteries of the Gobby. And he described a serpent race. And like he's an occultist, you know what I mean? Like he he's a uh he started the Brotherhood, the White Temple. Uh he's been in, in connections with other people. So it's just interesting, like 
where they get the, you know, when we follow the backstories, like it always does tie into like, you are right. Like whether it's the Jesuits, the Catholics, the serpent, the, the, the lizard people and the occultists, like they're always, and the bankers, those five entities are like always involved in whatever's going on. Like whatever wrong, you can hear all five of those like subcategories and something about them to have something to do with it. And this guy kind of introduced the idea. And then David Icke seems to have like kind of ran with it because we don't know exactly where his research is coming from. You know what I mean? Because he specifically makes it at the, that there are these shape-shifting uh, uh, extraterrestrials that are coming to this planet that are taking it over and like kind of like harvesting us as like some kind of like, you know, organic meat or or even just taking our resources, right? That's like always the thought that's put into the realm of, uh, you know, us. And I think that all these cryptids, like I think there's just a ton of different of them and different evolution of these cryptids because we got to think of even if they're just traveling interdimensions, right? We, every dimension is going to be different, right? There's probably a version of me in another dimension that's all like, you know, slow, can't read, like, you know what I mean? It's more like- Homeless, you know, like Sean! Homeless, Yeah, Sean. homeless. Uh, yeah, imagine I go to another dimension. They're not going to understand me. I'm just going to be talking to them like, nah, 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 nah. like I'm going to be stuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way going to find it. So, again, there's a lot of homeless lizard people that need love, uh, shelter. Uh, we're going to be taking donations, not just money donations. You know, they need jackets and socks. Frozen and rats. Heat lamps. But <laughs> Frozen rats. Heat la a lot of heat lamps. Hey, Sean. I mean? In every and they're not going to have a seat to bugs because the bugs are for the lizard people. We, we get the fake meat. You know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> in every version, though, of every dimension, Jay is working for the Smithsonian. That's never changing. <laughs> it's always that version because that's just a hierarchy that'll never be broken. Did you guys? <laughs> did you guys see how many or how many reviews we had featuring that? No, <laughs> we have a handful for next week to read on next week's main show episode. Somewhere that that's nice. The real me is tied up. Yeah, in the back of a somewhere house. People are threatening to beat him up to get to the real Jay. It's <laughs> it's on YouTube. Where is he? It's on our YouTube page. It's it's just funny. It's it's got a life of its own. The truth is, I'm I'm the real me is out hiding, so we can't get plugged back into the matrix until we go to one of these conferences. Somebody bashes you in the head with a like a brick, <laughs> yeah. screaming. Yeah. And then, like Jay. literally, like green goop comes out when they do it, and they realize <laughs> yeah. like it's totally real. Because I literally think that every show that we have, it's a different J. Like this is like the the upgraded version because they're upgrading pretty constantly. So I think oh, like man. the other clones out doing something else. So this is like they're a all still clone late version. though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta have the one common through. They haven't, yeah. they haven't worked that bug out yet. I'll tell you that. <laughs> some things you just I can't that get rid of. Software update. <laughs> I run on J time always. <laughs> oh my god, That's man. That oh, is poor Jay, man. man. He's gonna get attacked for no you know, reason. I don't man. Know. He's all like, I'm real. I'm real. I don't yeah, I don't know if this is all a good thing or we're all just revealing, you know, maybe I have a multiple personality disorder, you know, it's just coming to the surface now. Who I don't know. Dissociate I don't know how to take this. The personality disorder. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. He's been That's really nervous, have. though, this show. We've been talking about reptilians, man. I've seen him real fidgety over there. Like, he really doesn't want to show his eyes to the camera. Like, like You notice I'm not yeah. sweating either. Yeah, reptiles don't yeah, sweat. I that. <laughs> and who's the first one to say about heat lamps? He's like, yeah, you know, heat lamps. Like, you know, we wouldn't think of that. Like, I just really want to donate to this cause. <laughs> My, my He's heart's got like 80 now. heat lamps ready to donate. <laughs> <He's> 
are you laying in the, with your tortoises at night oh, under maybe, the, the heat pad? Maybe, maybe I'm yeah stealing some heat. Oh, he's just got a bunch of those little uh, you know those little things you those, you break the and hand put warmer in your gloves to work. Yeah, the hand warmer. He has little hand warmers broke all over his body. He's got them on right now. We don't even know it. It's underneath his clothes. <laughs> Why always ba- wear baggy clothes? It's all good. <laughs> to hide the scales and the fins. No, we yeah. love the Smithsonian. We're just kidding. Uh, we love them. <laughs> They're great. They're like similar to NASA. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of NASA, isn't it weird how they have that weird snake tongue? You know, in their in their yeah. symbol, is that reptilian? You know, related as well. Yeah, I think it it just goes to uh, take another shot, guys. Fallen angels, um, yeah. for sure. I I think that's kind of their 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 shtick because if we tie it back to the world's oldest secret society it was called the brotherhood of the snake it literally is right Hmm. there in plain view so when you're looking at the snake worship snake culture dragons um which i think really tie into that maybe that bone you have right there at your house that you think's a dinosaur i think a lot (laughs) of these things um all merge together Listen, guys, I've been on a deep dive with like old earth and I've been collecting tons and tons of just tons in my database that I'm building towards uh, this old earth uh, uh, podcast that I'm going to end up putting out at some point um, with Tony. But uh, one of the things that I ran across, and this is wild, guys, so I think that fallen angels can create. Because I think that we can create. We're cloning. We're creating life. Uh, People that say that only God can create are just idiots. I think God creates perfectly, but I think that there's tons of people that can create. I think Fallen Angels has been doing it for millions of years. And one of the things I ran across in some of my deep dives, this is wild now, um, that dinosaurs were actually created by Fallen Angels so that they could avatar them in war. Back in mm. old Earth, as part of these angel wars, leave my dinosaurs alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he said, "I've told you once. Uh, I have told you twice. We have got to the third marker. After that, all you just see the off. screen go blank. <laughs> see my hands yeah. reaching for the mouse. He's gonna drive over there with that dinosaur bone and smack you. <laughs> is, is, is it real enough for you now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First off, I want to say I'm I do standing believe in dragons. over. I'm standing over <laughs> Justin, and my face is like starting to morph into that reptilian, and I'm holding his bow. Do you believe me now? <laughs> no, I I do believe in dragons. I just think they were something different than dinosaurs. My personal opinion. I just I love my dinosaurs. I don't matter my dinosaurs. No, I I'm very open to both. I I, I just think they're all reptilian, and I think that there yeah. is a, there is just a weird tie in there. And I'm not saying like God didn't create reptiles. I I don't think that for a minute. But I just think that there's this distortion that uh, Satan and his fallen angel crew like to do. They like to try to take what he's done and make it their own way, make it their own version, try to make it quote unquote better. I mean, look at what we're trying to do now, guys. Like we're trying to achieve godhood. Mm-hmm. And somehow this reptilian we, angle. We, I am not. I am not trying. <laughs> Mankind. I just don't want to get associated. That that. I'm just Mankind. trying to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, listen, you are trying to help the homeless reptilian people. And in helping the homeless reptilian people, you're going to bring them back out of their state 
into the state <laughs> where they're trying to take us over. So what are you really trying to do? Yeah, I'm just really trying to get show. in where I fit in so that they'll save me. They'll be like, he was a good dude, man. He was a good dude. He helped me when I had nothing. So it's one of the good ones. Put him yeah. in a fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> he can go to the zoo. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So what about these alpha draconians? So we did uh, a Patreon episode about them. Here we go. Where that the alpha draconians, any of you believe the conventional quote unquote mm-hmm. alien theories with them, that the ones that come from space left Earth during the Jurassic, they left half their kind behind, and that's the low level alpha draconians, and the high level ones were the ones that come back. You know, these right. low guys are the ones that live. They're like seven, eight foot tall, like more of the maybe cryptid ones we're seeing. And the big ones are like 18 foot tall and some have wings and they're the actual dragons. I don't know. It's always been a weird one to me. And then uh, what's that base? We've talked about doing an episode on it that has both alpha draconians and greys in it out west. I can't. uh, Dulce. The Dulce base. Yeah. Uh, And that's supposed to be the big base with the reptilians. And then they have like a cafeteria where they're eating people with people in the cafeteria. It's weird. That's I think I do feel like though that those versions of the reptilians I really think those are take a shot uh shape shift and fallen fallen angels. I think those are the ones you're going to see in these upper tier levels in these bases, man, especially if they're dealing with grays and you know how I feel about my meat sacks, man. Demonic meat sacks, that's exactly what they are. And I'm kind of open and I've expanded my mind a little bit on that meat sack thing, too. I like this idea of them being kind of AI, like uh, demonically controlled AI beings, too. I've been hearing a lot of that, too. And maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it's some sort of like AI meat sack. Because I don't think that Greys, outside of maybe entities that are uh, morphing into the, like the version of Greys that we know about, um, I think if you're looking at true Greys that you could touch, feel... Those guys, I think they're they are controllable, like some sort of, sort of version of meat sack. There's never anything good coming out of these guys, and they do seem to be, like you said, tied into these like alpha draconians. They seem to be on the ship with them. There's always like one or two that's in the scene with these gray aliens while they're trying to harvest some chick's eggs or harvest. I'm some starting to think sperm. they are just uh, like those theories of like them being like some kind of tech. You know, the gray aliens mm-hmm. being By, some kind of yeah. tech. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to buy into some of that because it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. How do you throw people off? You kind of throw, and, and I'm thinking after we had that conversation with uh, uh, Ron from New England, the what was it called? The Rougarou? Yeah. The oh, Rougarou yeah. kind of looks like a gray, right? So maybe they took the idea from the Rougarou and said, hey, man, we can make these little things that kind of like already blend in this culture because that's something that has been around for a long time. Maybe they just designed it off a of cryptid and then just said, hey, yeah, we could, we could kind of blend in. And there's already people that kind of spot these and think these are something else. And it kind of throws off the track because I'm also under the belief of a lot of these uh, dra- draconians, if they do run stuff, like I believe that they're, they're not necessarily shape-shifting. Like Pelosi doesn't necessarily be a lizard person, even though it's hilarious when we say stuff like that. like Because <laughs> they kind of look weird. So you're like, I don't know, Juan had sent me a weird picture of <laughs> That was made by to, AI, and it I looked know, real. AI, I know AI, <laughs> Talk good AI. That was some, 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 other, uh, some other next level. But I don't think they're actually, like, I think they're either part of a bloodline where they can't really turn into a lizard, but maybe they're part of this bloodline. Or, like Joel says a lot of times, just because we don't, it can't happen or it's not, it's not, it's true to them. 
You know what I mean? It might not be true or exactly what we think it is, but whatever it is, it's true to them. And I believe that they're like keeping these packs. And I think it's more of like bloodlines working. If if it's that angle, it's bloodlines working with these entities mm-hmm. you know what i mean these extraterrestrials instead of like hey they're turning into uh joe biden and now like some of that may be possible i'm not i believe in shapeshifters i just don't believe there's that many people uh politicians shapeshift it's it just no. doesn't seem feasible it seems like it'd be too easy to out like I, I don't see them going that route i think they're gonna try to stay in the backfold as much as possible and that's why i think the grays are probably some kind of tech i'm 100 with you that there, I don't think there's any reptilians like that in the government, like that we see. Like they're all just at least people that maybe know more than us. But they're, in my personal opinion, they're just people. The real baddies or, are behind the curtain. They're just uh, they're just ugly people. You yeah. know what I mean? Just I mean, they're monsters. Politicians they're are monsters. ugly people. Don't get me no, wrong. They look ugly physically. Like when you look at them, they look like, like goblins. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, man, no wonder you're in politics. But what let me ask you this do? though: if you if you take what I said earlier. When you're talking about if you're quote unquote part of this bloodline mm-hmm. or you're taken over by an entity, they could do things through you. They might even have your yeah. eyes like flick and, and do some sort of reptilian look or whatever. I'm not saying you shape shifting, but I mm-hmm. think that what they do is if you're taken over by an entity and controlled by an entity, there's going to be some supernatural aspects to what your body can now do. I got a really crazy story for you. So my buddy Mark was out in Las Vegas a couple years ago. And he was actually going, um, you know, just to go out to the desert, uh, get around the Grand Canyon, you know, see if he could see some UFOs. Matter of fact, he did see a UFO. It was wild, dude. It was like uh, it was rotating with lights all the way around the rim. It was your classic uh, silver uh, UFO. And Mm -hmm. he got some pictures of it, which I've actually seen it, and it's pretty wild, man. But regardless, there was a... There's some shops, like some UFO shops around there, and he got to talking to one of the ladies that worked there. And the um he just started seeing some interesting stuff. And she's like, Oh, like, you know, how they are, like, oh, you want to talk about some stuff. So apparently she used to work for the government in some line. Um, I, I can't remember that part of the story. But she's like, No, I've I've met reptilians, and she said that it's weird, she said, because they come in as, you know being part of some three-letter agency or whatever. And she said she was talking to this lady, and the lady was normal, had nothing weird about her, and then the eyes did that, and it had the reptilian-looking snake eyes and then flickered back. And she she kind of looked at the lady, and the lady's like, oh, you saw that. And she's like, yeah, I did. She's like, does it bother you? She's like, no, not really. She's like, I, I expect in this line of work where I'm about to see things that aren't necessarily what I can explain. And she just basically said there's a lot of us. So but see, that I could think, be like a soul shift, though. Like, you know what I mean? No, like yeah, absolutely. Shift, like, I agree yeah. with you. I, I think that's oh, like yeah. more what uh-huh. it is than a... I think that's what I'm getting to, too. Like, I think we're all on the same level on that. Like, I just think the way that people are thinking of it, like, as if they're going to turn into a lizard. Like, uh, when the Simpsons, when they pull off, like, you know, the when it's yeah. Clinton versus Dole, and they pull off the mask, and it's like, hey, look at these alien guys. I don't think it's ever going to be like that. I think you're right. I think it's like a conscious shift, like... Almost like an entity taking over, like you said, Joel. Like, because the mm-hmm. eyes are everything. Look at the Rihanna halftime, right? Look at her eyes. You can mm-hmm. tell something's there right. and it switches over. So it's the same thing. And I think we see those lizard things. So then people perceive it as they're going to turn into a lizard next. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't think that human based people can change. Now, if I'm talking about my ne- the Nephilim version 
of reptilians, I think absolutely they can shape shift, and I think they can shape shift into a lot of things. I think they could take positions of power, and not to say that they are the politician, but in certain instances, maybe they act as a politician or they do certain mm-hmm. things as a politician. I think those guys move in mm-hmm. and out. Here's the thing. I agree with you, Justin, about your alpha draconians. What I think, though, is them being fallen angels. I think the governments think that they're aliens, and I think that they're when they're dealing with these greys and they're dealing with these alpha draconians in these bases, I think they are, under as far as their knowledge goes, from what they're seeing, but we're working with them, Oh no. We're working with them and what happens is uh they they do what they say to a point but then the government's also worried about them so they're doing some other things on the back end and trying to protect themselves but what it is they're not the true initiates they're not the true keepers of knowledge. I think those like bloodlines those guys way above the names we don't know they know exactly what they are they know Mm -hmm. they're not aliens they know they're fallen angels they know these are gray meat sacks they know the full scope of the plan they just know see this is what i want to tell people about governments Mm -hmm. i don't think governments are that damn smart i think that the true elites are i think governments just do Mm -hmm. what they're told from these guys and they're only given what they're seeing so yeah they may have all of these undisclosed documents these redacted documents that they have all of the information in front of them but they're still only given what they've seen so when they see a spacecraft when they see aliens when they see certain things they believe they're what they presented themselves to be but only the true initiates only the true bloodlines really know what they are this is part of their master plan and i think that's a very small minutia portion of people in the world that actually know what's really going on i don't think all these governments that are in cahoots to start the new world order actually know why they're starting it i think they have a certain agenda that's given to them and they're playing along with part of that plan but it's not what they even think that it is i think there's a whole master plan beyond that right they could be just be given reward you know be rewarded for completing a certain Mm -hmm. goal it all could be like kind of compartmentalized where this agency is doing this you know a part of it this is doing this they don't know all the pieces that are coming together but they're going to be given a reward for completing their task and then so they're going to work hard to do that, you know, unbeknownst to them, they're going to end up, you know, in a cage somewhere or harvested for their own Absolutely. meat. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to eat Klaus Schwab meat. I just wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that didn't sound that that appealing. I, I, I think it is, though, this like consciousness thing, like the more that I think about it. You could get more done and then maybe nobody knows, right? Like, because you don't know because each person that you're taking their conscience over or if they're kind of aware, they don't know what you are because you can change the story to that person. Like, hey, we're reptilians. Hey, we're fallen angels. Hey, we're greys. Hey, we're this. You know what I mean? And if you think I've always thought a lot of the abductions, like not saying that abductions don't happen, but I've always been curious with like. You know, a lot of these intelligent agencies doing, you know, with MK Ultra and stuff, if dreams and trying to recreate dreams for people where they put these ideas in people's heads that maybe it really did happen. Like, you know, when someone could, if you constantly for a month, every single day told somebody that they did something they didn't do, they're going to start thinking, hey, man, did I be like, man, why'd you put your keys underneath my car? You're like, I didn't, man. And be like, and you can, and you lay that in deep. They're going to be like, yeah, I guess I did put my keys under your car. You're like, yeah. Thanks for finding them. And this you've now implanted that. So sometimes I think like these dreams, like scenarios, they try to mash this in. So 
Why wouldn't they do that to us? And mm -hmm. if these other uh, entities, they're going to do the same thing to us, especially if they have the capability of, you know, going and shifting with our conscience. And who knows if they even know the difference between their conscience and that they can mask a lot of stuff. I just think that transfer of consciousness. And then when you go to that, uh, what's that one? Uh, something carbon. Uh, there was that Netflix show, uh, something carbon. Altered that, uh, carbon. Altered carbon. Where you know how they were talking about like, you know downloading your uh your uh basically your soul and your whole like uh consciousness onto a disc and being able to put it in any meat sack you know what i mean any meat mm -hmm. sack you of your choosing then now you could be you know the richer people had like uh, tons of them different suits that that they would wear for different occasions and different bodies so i think that has a lot of truth in it i think the truth is that maybe not we are able to go transfer that over but maybe there's already entities that are or from different dimensions, whatever we may call them, that are able to shift consciousness and kind of like jump in the place of other people's consciousness and put it in control. And now they can do what they need. Maybe that we are just like a farming planet. Because if you think that U.S., uh, the way that we have it run, you know, we're a, a economy that's run off of consumerism, right? So would that mm -hmm. be different for another planet, right? <laughs> we might be mining things for other reasons that we have no idea. Now, what if I tell you that the reptilians, the Nephilim, the fallen angels are all actually the psyop for who's actually behind this? Ooh. Dun, dun, now, dun. Who's behind it all? So it gets deeper and deeper. It's actually the master grand plan of the focus. <laughs> Here we mm. go. <laughs> They're using all this stuff to help control our society. They, they're 16 steps ahead of us. They're, they're the ones playing the 4D chess. <laughs> yes. Mm. I had to throw that in there because I've been on a kick. <laughs> I kind of I kind of agree, man. I mean, like, those mushrooms. Have you seen all those systems? And, like, it, it's crazy, man. And then there's a lot of more mushroom talk lately. And I'm not talking about just the magic ones that everybody eats and microdoses on. There's a lot of people that are bringing up all kinds of videos of, like, the connection of... Uh, uh, mushrooms and their importance to the entire universe. Yeah, we just did. So it's uh, as of recording this, it's tomorrow's episode is why I'm on a kick. But it's about fungal intelligence and that their relationship with cryptids and the paranormal. <clears throat> and we just found out that thousands of species of fungus will actually integrate into each other, plus plants and animals. So this is actually their psychic projection to help control us to help farm, like you were saying, or Sean, the farming of the planet, but they're actually not alien. They're just farming Farmings. us on the surface. They're creating the poop, the nuclear right. waste they love to eat. Mm. And they make, first they make you think it's fallen angels and aliens, and then they, they make you think it's demons, and then they make you, so you never get to the truth it's constantly that it's actually the thing right below your feet. Constantly cycling to something different. Mm -hmm. they, they got it so buried that they'll never get to it. Buried. Yeah. I'm gonna have to hit Justin with the one up real quick. You know what I mean? There's the one up. Hey Jay, I got one for you. So you I went it. to go see the new Ant Man movie last week. And this was gonna be good for Justin too, but we're I, I brought you up because of soft disclosure. So I'm watching when they go to the quantum realm, because mm. they get to the quantum realm really quick within about I don't know, ten minutes into the movie. So the rest of the movie takes place in this quantum realm. No lie. Within a couple of minutes, there are flying jellyfish. There are manta rays that they ride and fly on when they get there. There are there are tons of mushrooms 
all over the place, some flying around, some coming out of the ground. Um, all of this imagery that's in this quantum realm, all of these creatures are flying. The crazy one was, though, when they got on the mana ray, and the mana rays were used for transporting people, so they were literally riding them um, all around. There was a whole sequence, and I look over at Christina, I'm like, are you seeing this? Like, this is crazy. I was like, I cannot wait to talk to Justin and Jay and be like, they're doing it! They're doing it again! Yeah. What is it called, Jay? Soft disclosure. I hate you so much. We need to get a jingle. Soft disclosure! (laughs) That's how they do it, though. You know, yeah, you're in this quantum realm where only these things might exist. But no, the real truth is they're just here among us all the time. Here's the real truth is that we are in the quantum realm. Ooh. Ooh. And that's how they're telling you. We're already in it. We're in it. (laughs) Soft disclosure! (laughs) Brought to you by. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We need a soft disclosure. They're all fungus. <laughs> oh man, no, oh, that's that's insane though. But that that's put it right in front of your face. But it's in a movie, so you know it's Hollywood. It's not real, guys. You oh, know. Before I forget again, Sean, earlier when you said the root guru, I think you meant the Dover Demon. Maybe we were talking. The Rougarou Rougarou is a werewolf from Louisiana. It is the okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. The Dover Demon is gray leg from New England. Yep, yep. You're right. I just they're gonna. I'm gonna get crucified if I don't. If I don't say you are right. And then plus, like uh, 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 the Rougarou is just such a cool name, so it kept it stays in my head. (laughs) It's like the coolest one. You're all right. Yeah, you are right. Ooh, thank God. They're, hey, they're going to say stuff to Erase me. that comment. Hey, whoever's... Erase that comment. I get Back out right now. You're going to get a fact I didn't check on the show. Say something. You're going to get he a shoots, fact check on the scored. show from some Brazilian right, team yeah. down there. Like, it's not a Rougarou. It's the Dover Demon. You're going to get a little, like, like red mark at the bottom of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait till oh, they start great. letting regular people fact check each other. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, it'd be like, oh, really? When they get mad at you, and I'm like, oh, really, Justin? <laughs> Let me fact check this real quick. <laughs> Who was it that we were talking to about stuff, and they kept fact checking me right there? And I was getting really annoyed. Uh, they never caught me. I was right every time, but I was getting really annoyed. In one of our interviews, right? I I don't know. Maybe it was in person. Or is my because they were literally on their phone looking up everything I was talking about. I was just like, maybe you remember. Don't say it on air. But I was getting. Oh. I can't remember who it was. But it was really. I was really annoyed. So yeah, if I start getting fact checked by normal people, start stabbing. Is that your stomach? Yeah, it's my stomach. I'm sorry. <laughs> you freaking alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just hungry. <laughs> hey, but at least you got it. To me, you got everything good. We had. That's Justin right there saving the day before uh, that guy can leave that one-star review uh, <laughs> telling us <laughs> we don't know anything at all because you said the Rougarou was over <laughs> yeah. You're done. But no, we're good now. Thanks, Justin, for saving that. That was, that was a good I had save, to. man. I like that. Have you guys seen those videos of like um, supposedly come from deep underground military bases of them like creating or breeding or birthing these hybrid like babies like yes. reptilian looking babies have you i don't know if there's any truth to them but so, they look creepy and weird i don't uh, know if it's a hollywood uh, thing. wrote a book and he actually talks about the 
and this is where I get a lot of the uh, fallen angel part from that they shape shift into the reptilian forms, but they're underground and they're breeding these hybrid Nephilim, but they do have like reptilian features and stuff like that too. So that was something that I, I ran across uh, the past couple of years. So I don't know if they're breeding, you know, the actual reptilians or maybe it's that form I was telling you about, the uh, Nephilim form of reptilian that can shape shift. I, I'm with Sean, though. I don't think that that's super prevalent um, per se either. I think a lot of what we see when people see the eye flickers and the weird, like, facial changes on camera i think those are actually yeah. happening but i think it's more of an entity inside of a human that's making those things happen um then you know because we've even heard where entities mm -hmm. take over somebody and they they grow uh, you know six inches or something like that the bones crack they end up you know shifting into a different form so i think you got some of that going on when entities take over uh as far as what you're talking about though uh, yeah i think they're definitely breeding them though jay so it's going down <laughs> oh, and they've bred like all kinds of super yeah. soldiers throughout the years. I mean, they're doing it now, you know, like decades and decades, okay, centuries yeah. of making super soldiers. And they're still so there's always some kind of I'm sure there's like super Sasquatch, super lizard Sasquatch. You know what I mean? Moss Sasquatch, you know what I mean? like dog man Sasquatch. Well, like, hey, and this Moss is in <laughs> mainstream now. You can look this up, but they're taking <laughs> reptiles that can regrow limbs and they are building super soldiers with that to where mm -hmm. a human being can regrow grow a yeah. limb with that uh, technology. So here's the other side of it. What are they splicing? What are they right. doing behind the scenes that we don't know about? That's just on the level. That's not a cultic. That doesn't have anything to do with entities, but they're actually splicing and putting together. There could be some versions of that too. So with that stuff, you know, we, we, we went on a CRISPR kick and stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff they're working with with limb regrow and organ regrow in humans is with the mm -hmm. oxalot on other salamanders, so amphibians. Uh, but Japan publicly got rid a couple of years ago of their laws against human animal hybrid experimentation. Uh, and that was publicly they got rid of them. So let alone what were they already doing behind the curtain if they publicly get rid of that law. Uh, but with CRISPR now, CRISPR is going to make cloning obsolete and this kind of genetic modification of the olden day obsolete. Like we just literally, we had an article on our uh, page about it that they just, so alligators, for example, they don't get, they don't get conventionally sick. Uh, they don't get these other diseases, reptiles and mammals get, they, they are extremely yeah, unique and they don't degrade with age. So the healthiest an alligator will ever be is at its biggest state of its body. Normally they're killed from the not being able to find enough food or by arrival. So alligators are very, crocodilians in general, are very unique in that aspect. So they splice this gene into a channel catfish for agriculture. So now we have these catfish that have alligator genes inside of them that don't get sick, but they did this with CRISPR. So the thing with CRISPR is you're taking host cells from the original organism, splicing them uh, with, you know, whatever genes you want from whatever other animal and re-injecting them. And what happens is as your body starts replicating cells, it starts shedding the old ones and, re and reintegrating these new ones. So you can, unlike cloning and stuff, having to restart from scratch every time you want a new genetic variant, you can do it while the thing's alive and there's nothing the thing can do about it. So if you're talking that some of these genes are more, some humans are more susceptible to hybridization 
that may be that they're literally their genetics have more space for this kind of CRISPR like technology. And that's technology we have publicly, you know, and I really think uh, we talked about CRISPR. CRISPR has the the benefits of being probably the greatest, you know, discovery of mankind in the last hundreds of years, or it's going to be our downfall. You can make, uh, you can, there's some evidence suggested it's going to cure disease and these long-term things. And there's others saying you can make a super virus that only targets white people and pulls the carbon out of sure. here. And so <clears throat> I want to go from what you said know, in the beginning my rant. R- real quick. Like you were talking about those axolotls or what is that how you say it? The axolotl. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you've noticed too, that those things are super popular right now. Like I used to breed them. You know that? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. I, yeah. Most of the ones on the East Coast came from me and Emily. We produced about 1,400 a, mo- a month. But they're literally mainstream. The whole room behind there. You get, They're mainstream. You got, like, toys. You got, like, stuffed animals, yeah. shirts. Like, kids are... I, I think it's, like, in one of those game Roblox or, or was it the other yep, one, uh, Minecraft or something Minecraft. like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what's the importance of that then, right? Like, we always t- talk about soft disclosure and, and, you know, hidden signs and stuff. Why are these things so popular? Like, and do they have some kind of, like need like so if they like cross with the you know what i mean with CRISPR, like is there something that we need to be like have these to be in our psyche that these are good you know what i mean like so weird thing with oxalals is they're extinct in the wild Mm -hmm. uh and they're actually extinct on the planet any oxalot we still have in captivity is a hybrid uh no oxalot will exist anymore uh the why they're all these different colors is because literally they're been infused with jellyfish dna Mm. Uh, and that was in the seventies, but they like, I'll tell you a little bit about them real quick. Uh, they are incredibly amazing. They have the most of any vertebrate on the planet. They have the most genetic, uh, basically being able to regrow stuff. They can regrow two thirds of their brain and they can reconnect their spinal cord. Mm. No other vertebrate can do that. So that's literally lopping off, you know, two thirds of your head, throwing it away. As long as you have the fat reserves and you don't get a fungal infection during this, they'll sit there and regrow it. We don't have any other, so they're called neonate salamanders. They are stuck in between baby and adult. Uh, like the way they breathe both water and air, they have all this stuff. But every cell in their body is an undetermined stem cell. So when they lose a limb, all these extra cells can become bone cells. They can, you know, so they are very, they're like a neuro, not neuroplasticity, or genetic plasticity, where like cells from the liver can become bone. It's, it's, it's incredibly weird. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they got really popular, like you're saying. Like, me and Emily, literally, wow. you're selling 1400 of them a month. Yeah, see? You know. So, there, I think there's a reason for that. Maybe they're, like, a key to help with some of this cloning or some of this CRISPR technology. There's some kind of key, yeah. and they need people to kind of be, you know, cool with them. Because then you're, like, normal. You know, it's normal. Oh, man, I love these days. You have this as a kid. It's It, it now makes it nostalgia so you have no problem later down the line. Yeah. Kind of like... So when this. you start getting the shot for oxalot DNA and, you know, to be incorporated yeah, yeah. in you. I'm not joking. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, that may be... You may be right that it's this whole zeitgeist thing mm-hmm. to where down the road and we're saying, hey, now we're going to start, you know, using these to help make mankind make the next step to where now if you lose an arm... It's not the end of it. You lose a leg, it's not the end of it. Your kidney's bad, guess what? You can regrow a new one. Fatty liver mm-hmm. disease, guess what? You don't have that problem anymore. Uh, you know, brain tumors and stuff like that. They don't get cancer. You know, they, they have all this extra stuff. So what? if you are right, that would be, I, I mean, I could see that, that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, they need us 
to be okay with the idea of oxettles in genetic manipulation. So you get the, the spokesman. They're adorable animals. You know, the big fluffy gills on their head, the big smile. Uh, so that'd be a perfect for genetic volunteering for genetic modification. I could see that. Jay smiling over there. He knows all, man. He's been back there behind <laughs> the scenes at the Smithsonian, like hearing all this already. You know, he just acts like he doesn't know anything. He's taking notes when he comes yeah. here, all quiet in the corner. And every time Justin's talking about something, he gets this big grin on his face. Like, yeah, I got all of you, all of you under my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just an outside observer. <laughs> Pay no attention to me. My notes always get leave. I always leave with more notes than I come in with. Yeah, I'll tell you this about CRISPR. It was given to us by the fallen angels. Take another shot. That's what's going on, man. Every time we get this new spike in technology, man, don't think for a minute that those alpha draconians weren't the ones passing it on to us. That's a fact. You heard it here first. Don't you think uh, the fallen angels use CRISPR to create the dinosaurs as their foot soldiers and, you know, and their... Jay, right, I'm completely with you on that. And I also I know you working for the Smithsonian, you have some extra knowledge. Because I saw you smiling too and I was talking about it. They're like, yes, he gets it. So, yes, I'm glad you dropped a little soft disclosure on us today with that. You're damn right. I totally agree with it. Hmm. Soft disclosure, the Jay. Piece, the pieces fall together. That's why they're not around anymore. They have to wipe that stuff out. So when it comes back around again, everything's a big loop, right? Time's a big loop. It's just coming around again. We're you don't we believe need, in circles. We need to for, huh? <laughs> you don't believe in circles or spheres. <laughs> I don't know. Don't I, cherry pick. You're a cherry picker. I believe in circles. I very much believe in circles. <laughs> I believe in circles. Um, but I, I thought of this too when you guys were talking about uh, the... You know, psychic. Let's just say it's psychic projection. They're, they're. You know, reptilians are getting into other people's bodies. You know, psychically and changing it. You know, in the Garden of Eden, in the Bible, it's a, it's a snake. You know, it tells Adam, you know, to eat the, the forbidden fruit. Is he really telling him, or is it just like a voice in his head? Is it the snake? Is it all an it allegory for also, reptilians? You know, that also ties into if you, if you, if you take into the Hebrew, they say that it's a seraph a seraphim that was walking in the garden that had the reptilian form. So what 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 here's the best part of it. Mm. Those wouldn't be unusual for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I'm sure they regularly had communion with angels and all kind of other entities that were going around that time. So if they were walking the garden with what they would consider a seraphim or a seraph uh and it was talking to them and it had this reptilian form, um then yeah, man, I I'm totally, again, there he goes, there he goes, bringing that hidden knowledge from the back of the Smithsonian <laughs> and trickling it out on the show. This is really Jay's show, y'all. <laughs> this is really Jay's show. That's going to be the special uninvited guest from the back of the Smithsonian. What's up, Jay? <laughs> Start calling it Jay's Mushrooms. It just depends on what version of me you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's mushroom. Yeah. He's talked a little too much. They're gonna have to adjust his clone from here. And then, may- hey, Justin, maybe you could uh, write like a note on him about the whole tardiness. You know, maybe they could. Uh, maybe they don't realize it. And, you know, they gotta. <laughs> that, that's a bug in the program. They so, just... do you guys know where Jay's access panel is? That's, I'm not sure. Do I want to? No. <laughs> yeah, show him. Oh no! Watch this. <laughs> 
They left it there so they could find it. <laughs> Everybody at home, Jay has all of his hair shaved besides a square on the back of his head. It's so they can't plug me back into the nice. Matrix. I'm blocking my plug. Block it. And I love action. how they make each clone think that he's really that human. <laughs> like, they'll never plug me back in, but, like, each one of them's literally more AI than the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for two of them to walk into the studio one day together. <laughs> Wait, you're late too? Well, look, guys, this was great. Be like the this Spider-Man was awesome. Meme. Every month, yep. guys, we're dropping this out. Floating Mushroom. Uh, we're going to have a absolute blast on the next one, too. I uh, won't tell you what it's about. We just want to hit you in the mouth with it, but we already know, and it's going to be a wild one. Um this has been awesome, guys. Uh, I love doing these shows because we can get super weird. And I love it because all four of us have different angles that we come from. And everybody's got a different mm-hmm. spin on it. And the cool thing is, like you said, Jay, I, I leave with more knowledge than I came in with. Because you know what? The other three guys that are coming in with me are coming with something different than I've heard before. And, and again, I think it all ties together. Mm-hmm. In some place, some format, it all intersects. And I think all... Four of us here agree with that, and that's why we get along so well. But on the way out, yeah. we're going to bookend it like we do in the front. Crips of the Corn, tell everybody where to find you, and then, Sean, you can follow up. All right. Once again, Cryptids of the Corn. You know, find us in all your podcatcher apps. You know, we're on all of them. Uh, Facebook, we do live shows on there. Instagram, YouTube, we do, we're starting to get more. Live shows, interviews on YouTube, stuff like that. Crypts of Corn at Patreon.com. Uh, we have a live show coming out. That's April 22nd. In, uh, it's Post Town Elementary, but in Middletown, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on our website, too, or on the Facebook, whatever. You can find out all that stuff. What am I forgetting? Um, I think you're touching on everything. Just CryptsOfTheCorn.com. You can find all that information. And if you want to come see us at any events, we're speakers at already like three or four events this year. Mm-hmm. So if you want to come see us, you know, you can go to the website. They're all listed on there. Event list. Yep. Come see us. Yeah, that's it. And you know, you can find us at Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram. Become a subscriber, $4.99 a month. Got a bunch of new uh, videos about to be dropping, uploaded. He's, I think Joel's got about like, I think 15, 20 up there right now. But also follow us on all platforms, whatever you're on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Podcast 2.0. If you're able to give us a five-star review, definitely give us and Crypto of the Corn both five-star review. Leave a nice little review. Helps push us into the algorithm. And always share the show. You know what I mean? Share our show. Uh, share this show. Share Cryptid's show. You know what I mean? And any podcast you like, share the show. Follow Joel Thomas at Van Tesla Music. Follow Sean Chris at Sean Chris Music on Instagram and Kill the Mockingbirds Telegram. And I think you can get Sean Chris and Joel Thomas on all your music streaming platforms by just putting in those names. And also, I'm going to be trying to put together this uh, change.org to help the lizard people because right now, this is how I feel. I'm in my little one little tiny apartment, it smells like lizard piss. So you know what I mean? I can't I can't house them all. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I can't I need help. Oh, that's great. All right, y'all. We love you. Follow us. Bye. Bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.